Workday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined by JP Ong, who is now officially peeling. <laughs> yes, I As did you've notice. Seen, the nose is coming off. Yes, <laughs> it was hard not to notice. I tried not to stare, but I failed. It's all right. I mean, uh, this is why we shifted from TV to radio. Yes, <laughs> it's yes, for days like absolutely. these. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Give me a couple of days. I'll join you in the peeling action. <laughs> Probably not as dramatic as mine, though. Probably not. Probably not. Now. I played that song because it's such a happy, hopeful song. And it's been a very happy, hopeful day on the markets the last couple of days. But I really still feel it is more hope than it is any real serious indicators. Hope, uh, hope and recovery. Because we know like whenever markets uh, take on these downturns or upswings also, they tend to overdo things and then start to correct. So mm-hmm. there are downward corrections and there are upward corrections. It seems that's what the markets are doing so far today. But so far, so good. Let's start off with local markets here. The Straits Times Index is now up by about 12 points so far, 3,100. Points. But uh, to your point as to whether or not this is uh, a robust uh, gain, mm-hmm. only 423 million Singapore dollars in total value turnover right. so far. So it's still a little bit thin mm-hmm. at the top at the moment. So not a ton of conviction. I think this is really just a bounce back after we saw that scare last week when mm-hmm. the P- when the Straits Times Index was threatening to fall below 3,100. We're seeing perhaps some bargain hunters still coming back, trying to snap some gains here. And uh, just to show, um, uh, just to illustrate how, uh, how I guess, ten- tenuous was this uh, this gain so far is today DBS once again the most heavily traded stock today mm-hmm. On the, stri- on the entire SGX or the local bourse, they're actually in the red by about 0.04% or about a, they're about a cent down. So they're looking uh, a bit touch and go and they are the most heavily weighted stock on the STI at the moment. Keep, take your, uh, feast your eyes on Yang Zichang shipbuilding, which was on a bit of a rebound Friday right. and yep. Monday. Well, yep. it seems that the thrill is gone and the ship is again starting to show signs of leaking. Two and a half percent down so far today. They are trading at 98 and a half cents so far. And it seems that the market's just not entirely sure if they want to get on the boat with Yang Zichang at the moment. It given some of those concerns about uh, about uh, the cooperation of the executive chairman with uh, Chinese authorities to investigate sure. into a, sphere, a serious disciplinary um, discre- um I guess uh, dis- disciplinary issues with one of their one of the biggest patrons of Yang Zhejiang shipbuilding also but if you look on the flip side there are a couple of stocks that are doing okay Hong Kong land for one mm-hmm. had a bit of a rebound they're up by about one and a half percent trading about five US dollars and 85 cents a share so far singtel is taking a, taking up the cudgels from DBS today they are the third most heavily traded stock and the local telco is up by about 0.9%. You're seeing Capital Land also gaining by about 2% in today's session. So it's still looking okay despite the fact that you've got some notable laggards on the STI. When you look across the rest of the region so far today, the Nikkei 225 continues to hum. This is partly also due to uh, the the yen starting to weaken because the US dollar is at a three-week high at the moment. Mm -hmm. And one factor that Bloomberg pointed out today also was that there are a lot of investors that are fleeing towards US bonds. And whenever you see a demand for U.S. corporate bonds especially starting to rise and the demand for the dollar spikes up and the dollar gets a lift up. And this is because there's a number of assets and a number of bond markets right now that are in negative yield territory. So why would you park your money in a, an asset that's negative, negatively yielding unless you're looking for a place where you can conserve cash and try to minimize your losses in, in times of volatility? But now it seems that there is some risk. People are developing more appetite for risk and because of that, they're looking for yield. So it's, it seems that a lot of these bond investors are starting to flock towards 
towards U.S. markets, and this is what's driving the U.S. dollar up, um, consequently weakening the Japanese yen, and that's been favoring uh, the Nikkei 225 in Japanese stocks so far today. Um, mixed picture in China today, the Shenzhen bourse is still up by 0.4%. There's still a bit of, a, I guess, a, just a little bit of shine, a little bit of a glee from uh, Beijing's recent plan to try and turn Shenzhen into a tech and innovation mm, hub mm. in the Greater Bay Area, saying this is going to be your role on the basketball team. And it's a quite spanking role, and, and there is speculation that Shenzhen will be primed to take on even more business and take some shine away from Hong Kong. The Hong Kong market today, the Hang Seng is down by 0.3% so far. They're one of the few um, notable losers alongside the Shanghai Composite, which is down, but just by about one and a half points so far. So sure. a bit mixed, but overall, people, uh, most markets in Asia are still gaining so far. I think a big, a big factor of it is the recovery at the moment, but we have to watch out for the dollar's highs because this is something that U.S. President Trump has also mentioned. Could be an, uh, is one of his, uh, I guess, one of his pet peeves at the moment, and it's why he's been asking the U.S. Federal Reserve to try and cut rates by even more. He's looking for a 100 basis point rate cut from the, from the Federal Reserve. And again, the Fed will see if they actually respond to some of this, uh, this passive pressure coming from Trump via Twitter. I like the way you call it passive. Passive. Uh, when it's the president tweeting, it's not so passive. It's true. It? I, mean, I, I, am, I am the master of understatement <laughs> there. I just wanted you to fill in the blanks there, Clarissa. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, speaking of the Fed, Rosengrin, Grin, yes. Rosengrin. Eric Rosengrin, yes. Grin. The Boston Fed president. You know, he's saying another rate cut might not be such a great thing. Yeah, well, here, well this is, again, and this is why I brought up uh, Trump's recent uh, recent call for the Fed to lower interest rates again by 100 basis points and say that's not aggressive enough. We want action because we want to see um, the U.S. start to lower, it, uh, weaken its currency also, mm-hmm. and also just to help boost the economy should there be a downturn in the, in the future. But Eric Rosengren has actually said that it could be more detrimental if they cut rates too soon. And that's because the, the Fed will not have as much ammunition should a real recession actually come around. And because the data at the moment is still pointing to uh, to an economy that's still looking rather solid. So the Fed, in Rosengren's mind at least, it's not, it's going to be detrimental for them to jump the gun and try to cut rates before there is an actual need. And thus he's also uh, saying that uh, he was one of the few members of the FOMC during the last meeting to vote against the rate cut actually. Mm-hmm. And he's still mm-hmm. holding on to that. He said he did say that, you know, there might come a time where we'll need to cut rates, but now is not that. And he's really just advocating for sensibility and for the Fed to really conserve its bullets at the moment. Because It's kind of what our prime minister here in Singapore said. It, it mirrors that. It's like, yeah, you know, we'll jump in and we'll ha- if we have to, but it's not the time to, to put things in place. True, yet. but I think the difference here is that Rosengren is pointing out that there is strength in the U.S. economy, and it's true. I mean, un- unemployment is still at a 30-year low. Mm-hmm. You've got inflation starting to show signs of ticking up. You do have strong retail sales recently, so that's a big kicker also, and we'll see if that continues later on because we'll be getting the earnings reports from uh, from the likes of Home Depot in the U.S. to see if the, if that consumption if that consumption trend is actually going to hold for the U.S. But you compare that in contrast to the to, to Singapore, and uh, you look at our second quarter GDP figures, which actually came in worse than expected. Contracting. Well, we did get hit by some of those headwinds. Yes, we did, and uh, you know it was a little bit. I guess you could look at uh, the prime minister's comments in two ways. Perhaps one saying, "Hey, are you guys not taking this too seriously?" Or at the same time, is this way his way of saying, "You know, we're on top of the ball at mm-hmm, the moment. We're mm-hmm. on top of things at the moment, and and we are ready to act." But remember, it's not going to be as bad as as uh, it's not it's not yet as dire as some might try to paint. And perhaps in the prime minister's uh, mind, perhaps it's it's better to try to assuage fears and tell people to relax, don't panic. Or there's not going to there there is no economic crisis coming. Sure. Rather than actually just play up a potential and try to uh, unnecessarily play up any kind of worries or sentiments out there. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, it, it does make sense that if it's if it's not the time to 
to do something about it, then hang on to it. The, this is the ammunition you're going to need if there is a real downturn. Hmm. Yeah, I think so. And just it's just very important to know also when to act. And that, that goes with when the time getting into the market or out of the market. Mm-hmm. And also when 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 you're a, if you're a central banker, when exactly is the time to step in and try to provide monetary stimulus? And, and uh, when is the time to actually say that, okay, this is the game plan. This is what we're going to outline. Well, in the Fed's case, though, we're, we're going to see if uh, Jerome Powell actually does that later on because the Jackson Hole Symposium, which is the Fed's annual symposium, sure. where all these major central bankers, not just in the United States or the regional Fed presidents, but also from around the world, tend to tend to flock mm-hmm. and try uh, to, to, to come to and uh, and air some of their views on the global economy. We'll see if, if uh, Powell does lay out the groundwork for a potential rate cut in September. The odds at the moment, based on the Fed funds futures market, is that there is still going to be a rate cut in uh, in September and perhaps right. a 25 basis point one. But we'll see if that's so what's what uh, Powell hints at or if he avoids it altogether during the symposium out in Wyoming. You know, talking about the symposium, when they get done with the day and, and they're looking for some fun and frivolity, can you imagine if these guys get together to play poker? Mm, what, and, and how <laughs> interesting would that be if Donald Trump showed up at the poker table? Um, mm, that would be a very tenuous and testy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> on to other things. On the local market, PS Group is, a, well, they've called a trading halt this morning and it's got something to do with... A potential delisting. So it seems that two of their directors including their managing director, have made a voluntary conditional cash offer to try and take the fastener supplier private. And this, uh, and of course, we know they are listed on the uh, on the catalyst at the moment, but they are making a conditional cash offer of about just under 12 cents per share to try and take uh, and try to delist PS Group. And this is just one of the latest uh, companies that have been look, thinking about actually taking themselves off the SGX. And the offer price values the company basically at about 8 million Singapore dollars. And that's about three times the last transacted price of about four cents a share on August six, so they're offering a two hundred, uh, I guess a, I guess a three x valuation on where the was so far. Their earnings, according to their earnings document, though, though the net asset value per share of PS Group is at about sixteen Singapore cents for as of as of June thirty, and and so so you'll have to weigh, I guess, the cash offer 12 versus, cents doesn't sound versus so... that twelve cents against the net asset value mm-hmm. per share as of June thirty. But keep in mind that it's also trading at three times the last the last stock price. So mm-hmm. do you, you know, do, uh, I guess uh, do you, do you see PS Group as being undervalued because it's under the net asset value per share? Or is it actually looking like a good deal for folks who want to cash out uh, based on this? Well, it seems that uh, that uh, that the offer document is also citing that PS Group has suffered from low trading liquidity of shares. And thus, uh, they probably don't see a lot of uh, value in actually being on the SGX mm-hmm. at the moment. So this is something we're going to have to watch out for also as to, and see if whether the uh, whether or not the minority shareholders will actually take the offer from PS Group. Yep. Yeah. Well, if it's not a lot of movements, they might just take money and run. It's very possible. I mean, again, if the stock hasn't really been uh, moving so much from four cents a share, and I do, I, I that 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 is inspiring me to actually take a look at the at PS Group's uh, share price over the last year. And I'm just pulling this up on the SGX for for our listeners. Yes, as of June 2019, it actually fell from about 16 from about 16, 17 cents a share to its current level of about four cents a share. So we saw that bit that big drop for PS Group in uh, in the mid year also. Um, and it's been middling at that four cents a share uh, price ever since. So, if you're an investor who's looking, who's hoping and wishing that PS Group can get back to that seventeen cents a share mm. level, um, doesn't seem the odds might be against you, given the fact that they've been stuck at four for the last two two months. Right. So, if twelve cents a share or just under twelve cents a share is as good as it gets, that's something you'll have to take in your calculus if you are a current PS Group shareholder. Sure.
All right. Now, since we did bring up the Prime Minister's uh, National Day Rally speech, Greater Southern Waterfront. Now, that's going to be good for some people. Absolutely. I think it's going to be that uh, the case for a number of for a number of developers and REITs. Now, we di- uh, the other day, DBS released a note saying that the that there are a, a number of key potential beneficiaries here, um, one of which might be uh, Keppel Corp and also Maple Tree Commercial Trust because of Vivo City, which is on, under their under their management and purview also. If Vivo City continues to be an uh, one of the cornerstone projects or cornerstone properties of the greater southern waterfront area, they could actually benefit. They've also cited Fraser's Commercial Trust and Genting Singapore's potential beneficiaries as well, um, should the greater southern waterfront actually be put as a priority in terms of development. So these are some things we'll have to watch out for. Also, these particular developers might actually uh, benefit also from it. All right. And the rest of the day, what do you have for us um, if we are going to be listening to primetime? So what, I guess the question we're going to ask ourselves now is that two straight days of gains, mm-hmm. if we hold on to this, this I guess, this uh, this green day for, the, for, for stocks. Mind you, since we started talking 10 minutes ago, we, the Straits Times Index has actually shaved off about three points. It's now <laughs> up by just about hey, 10 points at the talking. moment, perhaps we should. <laughs> but nevertheless, the question now is, uh, will market sentiment and will this recovery rally we're seeing here and across the region hold? So we're going to be speaking to Stephen Innes, who is the managing partner for VM Markets, mm-hmm. later on at 5 o'clock to get his thoughts on that. And also to get, get his insights on uh, how he's viewing the recently inverted yield curve in the U.S. Now, sure. it has gone back to normal. The 10-year yield mm-hmm. has now gone up the, above the two-year yield. But that was a bit of a roller coaster ride and, again, brings up issues about a potential recession in the U.S., which could trickle into Singapore as well later on. So th- these are some of the questions we'll be asking Stephen Innes and try to get him to paint us a, a better picture as to what the risk outlook is for markets and also if markets can continue this upswing because two straight days of gains is good, but doesn't really make a trend yet. So will it hold? Will it? Will we go back to losing ways in the next couple of days? Well, you can never can tell. So. <laughs> there And there you go again. <laughs> and that that is true. You never can tell. Uh, what did you say? You can never can tell. That one. <laughs> and and I'm not even going to ask you what you think is going to happen by the time market closes today because it is a 50-50 shot that it will hold on to green or it won't. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, th- I think the kicker here is if we see value turnover pick up and at least come a touch over a billion Singapore dollars by by the by the close, then there is a chance that the straight time index can hold on to these gains. But uh, that's we're just talking about today. Now mm-hmm. the question is, will the, will will there be a slow and steady recovery rally back to thirty two hundred over the next couple of days? That's the kicker. And uh, and I believe Steve, Mr. Innes, probably has a better handle on market sentiment both here and across the region than say we do. That's why we're going to be talking to him. All right. Well, <laughs> that conversation comes up on prime time with. JP, this has been Market View on Workday Afternoon. I'm Clarissa Montero with JP Ong, your Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.